right. Boy, this is almost the first shot right out of the out of the chute. I mean, it's I guess this is the first day of the year, isn't it? Man, I've never preached on the first day of the year, I don't think, before in all my life. I wonder if last year about this time, if you made any commitments or New Year's resolutions that wasn't pertaining to weight or workout. Someone said that uh, they don't uh, go to the gyms for the first six weeks of the year because those folks who've made those resolutions just crowd the gyms for six weeks. Said they wait till after six weeks, then there's plenty of room to uh, work out after six weeks. I want you to turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 6 tonight. And I believe with all of my heart that this year, 2014, can be and will be the greatest year in the history of our church. I believe this year we can reach more, give more, do more, save more than ever any time in the history of our church. I'm more excited about my 75th year in the in serving the Lord. Of course, I didn't serve him all in 75, just 73 of them. Uh, I was in jail at the age of two. So I'm, I'm excited, extremely excited about this year. On Sunday evening, we'll be going over some history of our church and the blessings of 2013. Brother Jim will give me the figures of all the families that have joined and all the families that have visited. And, and uh, I also, I already have the finances and I, I guess ours is one of few churches that didn't have to cut things this year financially. Uh, we didn't cut anything. We increased everything, and, and God is so good. The offerings last year was a million four, and we spent all of it but just whatever we didn't need to spend. And uh, God don't give us money to sit on. God gives us money to invest in ministry and people and so forth and so on. And so our building project, we will talk to you a little bit about that. Thanks to the city of Burleson, uh, we're a little bit over contract, somewhat about 300000 but Billy's been picking up beer cans, and we've just about got it covered. Right, Billy? And so we'll go over all of that. You notice on each side of the building, there's a fire plug on each side of our building on our property. $67,000 for those two fire plugs. Isn't that nice? This building, we did not have to sprinkle um, because of the capacity. Uh, this building, they made us sprinkle $30,000 outside the, the contract. You say, preacher, how are you going to pay that? 
I say, Billy has to start early and work late, picking up that he can to take care of that. Look at verse 24, Matthew 6. I thought this would be a, a good text to begin the year. The Bible said no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Now Jesus is speaking. Notice he didn't give middle ground there. The two emotions on the far end of the spectrum Love, hate. Love one, hate the other. See, now you get mad at me if I preach that. But see, I didn't preach it. I just read it. And the preacher is Jesus. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Hold the one, despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. I dare say tonight, folks are here, that last year at this time, made commitments to serve God. Not just to come to church, not just to sit in a pew, not just to be here, but promise to do more for God this year or last year than ever before. But for some unknown reason, something slipped. You know folks tonight, folks who are not here, who made that commitment last year. But now, in actuality, they're not serving God. They're serving mammon, materialism. Now, I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to jump on anybody's case, so kind of loosen up, would you? Now, shall we read on? Therefore, I say unto you, because of that, Take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take your thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, 
shall he not much more clothe you? Here might be our problem. O ye of little faith. Therefore take no thought, saying what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, or wherewithal shall ye be clothed. For all, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. When I was reading these verses, and since January is stewardship month, and and I will be addressing that subject quite often throughout the month. I hope that's no surprise to you. If you've been here very long, you know that's probably what's going to happen. But I want you to look at verse 32 verse 33 and verse 34. And in those verses, I see this phrase, all these things. All these things. The things. I think the thing that has stumped most Christians that I know is all these things. Uh, have you got any things that you're concerned about? Shake your pocket and see if you hear any keys. Those lock up your things. Those are securing what's important to you. Do you lock your Bible up? It ain't time to pray. You can look up. These things. Not to condemn you. Notice. Probably last year about this time, many of us had God on our mind, had plans of what we was going to do for God this year, even came to Jim and asked Jim for a place to serve, and with all of our sincerity and all of our genuineness, we came and we were going to make God number uno. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. We started out right, but somehow or another, the cart has all of a sudden got before the horse. Things have taken the place of God. Now, notice the things he's talking about. He's talking about the necessities of life. He talks about clothing, and God bless. I thank God you got some on. Amen. Some of you... Folk run around with very little on, and it's not very becoming to you. I've seen some of you guys in your Bermuda shorts, and dear Lord, put some pants on. 
Just kidding. I don't care what you wear above your knees, below your knees. Food. And some of you do not look like you're hurting in that category. You can look up. Drink. Necessary. Necessities. Referring to these things. Isn't it a shame that we do not have enough faith to trust God for those things? And we do not put God in number one and let God provide for those things. But instead, we give ourselves nervous breakdowns worrying about things. I dare say that many of us tonight has all of God we want. Something, somewhere, someone along the line, if you're not careful, will sidetrack you and sidetrack me. And you look about tonight and many have been sidetracked since last year. Look around you, there's pews tonight that is empty because somebody got the horse and the cart all mixed up. Notice, if you would please, Jesus refers to clothing, drink, and raiment. The way that wealth was determined in the New Testament was how people dressed and what people ate and the gold they had been able to secure. Isn't it amazing that Jesus would mention what was important to people in Bible days? You can tell how wealthy someone was by how they dressed. In fact, you remember uh, the lady... Lydia, the Bible says she dressed in purple. That meant she was wealthy. There's one thing that wealth will do. Wealth and riches will reveal character. Watch our athletes. Watch as they get the multi-million dollar contracts. The first thing they do is put a big rock in their ears. Hmm? status the next thing they do is they don't listen to anybody the next thing is their attitude goes awry and the only one I know that has any sense is Tim Tebow and he's the only one that everybody picks on could I help you tonight the problem is with priorities Notice the Bible talks about the two realms that life consists of. Number one, the spiritual realm, and number two, the physical realm. Jesus says that we are to mind the spiritual realm, and he will take care of the physical realm. I wonder if maybe we got that kind of backwards. I wonder if we think that if we make a bunch of money, we can give a lot to God and that will impress him. 
Why don't we submit to God and let him give us the money? And that way we won't have a nervous breakdown trying to get it. Uh, You say, well, preacher, that won't work. Now, how would you know? You've probably never tried it. I intended in January to put him first, and I am so caring and concerned about the longevity of our converts. I'm concerned about people who get on fire for God, and then all of a sudden the horse uh, gets behind the cart and the cart gets before the horse and preacher I just can't afford your kind of Christianity well I thought there's only one kind that was the Lord's Christianity questions I'd like to just pose to you tonight and I'm not going to be very long Uh, has your self efforts left you any closer to the goal you made last year has your self-efforts left you any closer to God or the goal you set last year? You said, well, preacher, I didn't set any goals. Then you hit it. You're a success. How frightening it is. How frightening it is. That the average Joe just takes it as it comes instead of regulating it as he goes. How frightening it is. The average person sets no goals for the year. How frightening it is. You have no goals for your children. How frightening it is. You have no financial goals. How frightening it is. We have no spiritual goals. You say, now, preacher, how do you know that? Because I saw the blank look on your face when I asked you if you were any closer than you were last year. Well, preacher, I'm doing the best you can. Uh, That's not what's important. You ought to be doing the best God can, not the best you can. And the best we can is not going to be sufficient. Could I ask you a question? Did you even have a goal this past year? Have you ever been a member of a church where there's no outreach, there's no goal, there's no theme, there's no outreach, there's no discipleship, there's no awanas, there's no buses? Have you ever just been a member of the church where they put up how much, how many noses and nickels they had each Sunday and it's usually about the same every week? Most homes are that way. No goals, no vision for the family. Well, preacher, I, I don't know what God wants my kids to be. I tell you what, why don't you show your kid what God wants him to be? That would be the best thing in the world if you just show. Your, you say, preacher, I don't have any kids. Got any grandkids? Got any grandkids? Third question. With all that's going on and all that has happened, 
How's your job situation? Your self-effort? Your lack of dependence upon God? Jesus said, O ye of little faith, how's your job situation? Could I ask you, how's your family doing? Any rebellion going on? Anybody kind of acting up? Anybody going awry? You know, our kids know whether we're serving God or mammon or not. Our God knows who's boss at our house. And it ain't the wife, and it ain't the husband. It's King Jesus. Our kids see that. Our neighbors see that. Our kinfolk see that. Everybody sees that. And so I, I'm just asking tonight, uh, maybe has things taken the place of God? Uh, has things become the main thing and God's something we do on Wednesday and Sunday? I, I just kind of like to ask you, has your God of things fulfilled all of its promises? Wouldn't it be a shame to work all your life at the same place, give your life to those folks, punch a clock one month before you retire, they fire you? There is no security in this world apart from Jesus Christ and the Word of God and a heavenly home. Amen? Thank God. I just wonder tonight, how's your health? My Bible talks about obedience to God uh, gives us long days and long life and good days. You say, preacher, what are you doing with a pacemaker? Lengthen my life. It's one of them things. And there's nothing wrong with things. Listen to this. Trust the living God who giveth thee richly all things to enjoy. I'll tell you what's wrong with things. When things have you instead of you having things, and when things have me instead of me having things, that's the problem. Did you say you had some keys? How many of you locked your car in a parking lot? You don't want anybody getting your things. I like mine. I don't want it to get gone either, all right? Now, Brother Jim is the only man who loves God enough to leave his car in the parking lot running. Right, Brother Jim? It was running so good, in fact, standing in the office, he saw it running right out the driveway. Now, that is a godly man. Now, he didn't cuss when that person stole his truck. I know that. But where he spit, the grass don't ever grow again. Things. Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things he possesseth. The things that you and I, the things that we're talking about here, can be good or they can be good bad according to how we use them. 
For instance, could I give you just one or two? Uh, music is the gift of God. I believe with all my heart, good music is the gift of God. But oh, how the devil can use it to twist the minds of our kids and the minds of our folks in our church. And look, I tell you, you can't listen to dirty lyrics and keep a pure heart. Can I say that again? You can't listen to dirty words and dirty lyrics and keep a pure heart with God. And the thing that you might say is God's gift to you, the devil takes it and uses it to get you out of sorts with Almighty God. Music. I love music. I don't necessarily listen to uh, gospel music all the time. Sometimes I listen to elevator music. Because I'm on elevators a lot. I didn't say I liked it. I said I listened to it. Hmm? Uh, to put Ben to sleep, they got some real soothing music. Horses running through the meadows. And the music makes me want to break the windows out of my house. I listen to it. It's good music. It makes horses run. And preachers also. But music is the gift of God. And all things are not bad. Things are not necessarily bad or good. It's just how you use them. Sex. God help us. It's the gift of God. When used in the confines of marriage, the Bible said... uh, Marriage is honorable and Beth undefiled. But oh, how the devil has taken that gift from God and made it ugly and detestable. And now it is broken into the confines of God's church. And folks just think nothing about things they watch, things they listen to. We're not much better than beasts. It's not a bad thing unless people are bad who's using it and doing it wrong. The Internet is a good thing if you can get on it and stay on it and stay off the things that's on it that ought not be on it. Food is not bad. Unless you go to a salad bar and stay there for a day and a half. Food is not bad, but we can make it bad. We can make it very unhealthy. And we can overgorge ourselves. And uh, I don't know which is worse, gluttony or hoarding. One is money, and one is food. Both of them good. Not necessarily bad, but what we do with them is bad. Amen. Moonshine is not bad. Just look at it. It's not bad. It's what you do with it. It gets bad. You know, I was a grown, grown man. 
before I realized when somebody was sitting at the table and said, Price of corn, it wasn't in a jar. You'll get that after a while. <laughs> but you see what I'm talking about. All these things. All these things. We need all those things. How we approach and how we obtain these things is honorable or dishonorable to God. He said, seek ye first, did he not, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of these things shall be what? How many of us are more honed in on things than the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Could I please show you something in closing? You said you're closing already? Yeah. At least ain't Andrew. And say, well, I'm not closing, but I am closing, but I am closing, but I'm not closing. I knew he was talking about. Look in your Bible at the obvious. Verse 24. The obvious. The Bible said, no man, no man can serve Two masters. That is obvious. Jesus is trying to show us it is obvious. It is a reality. It is as plain as a nose on your face. You or I cannot serve two masters. One wants to go one way. The other wants to go the other way. You're going to be disobedient one way or another. The Bible says he will either hate the one, love the other, cling to one, flee the other. Cannot serve God and mammon. Let me tell you something. Society is filled with intelligent people with no common horse sense. Uh, you know, just give me somebody that has common horse sense. You can keep all your degrees. You can keep all your successful, uh, all your all your professional people. Just give me somebody with good old common horse sense that believes God said what he meant, meant what he said, and if we'll put it on, it'll work. Amen, buddy. I believe that on my heart. Verse number 26, the obvious. Look at the obvious. Just look around. Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet have you ever seen one at the corner with a cup saying, please feed me? Your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? The obvious. Notice, if you would please, verse 30. Obvious, obvious. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more... Clothe you, all ye of little faith. The obvious thing is, God will take care of us. Isn't it a strange thing we live in a society that has put a man on the moon, and the man has walked the moon, but that crowd can't tell you and I how to have a happy new year. 
Isn't it amazing that they make a good living but cannot tell you and I how to live? I want you to know God is ready to assume full responsibility for your life if you're willing to yield that life to him. Full responsibility. How many believe that? But now there's something you need to know. In order to seek the kingdom of God, listen now, you must first seek the king. You got that? In order to seek first the kingdom of heaven, we must first seek the king. His praise, His purpose, His plan. For the year 2014, let's just seek the King. Let's not have any family squabbles about who wrote a check out of my checkbook. Why don't you just dedicate your checkbook to the King? It's not your account it's his account own account of what he has done in your account you got that down the obvious isn't it amazing how obvious it is just look at the birds look at the meadows look at the trees look into the sky it's obvious God can take care of us. Notice, if you would please, the origin of our problem. If we have slid a little bit, if we have got sidetracked a little bit, if our cart has finally gotten before our horse, let me show you the origin, if you would please. For your learning, look at verse 25. Jesus said, I say unto who? Oh, really? Take no thought for, okay, what ye? You know the problem over at my house? It's not Ginger. It's me. She been telling you that? Some of you folks said amen real quick on that deal. What do you like about Jim? I talk to your wife every day about it. You just better back up and be quiet a little while. Huh? Wouldn't it be nice if we could blame somebody else for our thing problem? Has she got her things and you got your things? Huh? And the kids got their things? Huh? And every once in a while those things get mixed up and that's where the party begins? Huh? I don't know why anybody put a white carpet in a house. White. My God, don't they know you're going to step on it? White. When I was in evangelism, a lady up in Ashland, Ohio, preacher's wife, I started to walk in the house, take your shoes off. I said, have you got a skirt too that I can wear? Take your shoes off, don't step on that car. White, solid white. That was her thing. Her husband didn't walk on it. 
I think he learned how to float above it. Her thing. Her thing. Have you got your thing? And she's got her thing. You see, the problem all year, this past year, is you, us, wins. And that, 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 that's where the problem is. Our decisions. Our decisions. You see, she's not the one making you eat that junk food that's going to kill your health. You, you, she's not the one making you look like you're a freight train, blowing smoke out both ears, sucking in your mouth, blowing out your ears. She's not the one buying that Colorado Kool-Aid. You're, you're the one buying that junk. See, it, it's us. You know, I saw a lady the other night pay for a pack of cigarettes. Man, I need a loan to buy a carton. Huh? Some of you folk know what I'm talking about. They're four and a half dollars a pack. Quit acting like you didn't know that. It's us, the origin of our problem. The obvious is true. God will take care of us if we seek first. That's our problem. If we seek first the kingdom of heaven. If we seek the king first, he'll take care of us. Uh, we won't be pouring stuff down our throat, into our liver. That's going to give us cirrhosis of the liver. Uh, we will not be trying to give ourselves a cancer of the lip and of the lung. We won't be doing that. Uh, you see, uh, you say, well, preacher, now you're messing up my thing. Yes, I know that. We abuse our bodies when we're young, pay for it when we're old. You know, I, 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 would, I would say I've known a lot of wealthy men in my life. I really have. Not me. I've known a lot of wealthy men in my life. What percentage of those men do you think got to enjoy their wealth? They killed their health, earning their wealth. Spent their wealth trying to maintain or get back their health. And all the while, they just seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of those things. You say, preacher, you, you just need to hurry. I know it. You see, People come to my office all the time with family problems. And they don't realize that neglect today is going to create problems tomorrow. You cannot neglect your wife because somebody will make her feel important. It don't necessarily have to be down at the job. It can be at your church. But you cannot neglect your marriage without 
the cart gets before the horse. You cannot neglect the spiritual. You say, well, preacher, I need the overtime. No, what you need is church, the Word of God, prayer, and God's blessings on your home. Now, that's what you need. You might not ask me that, but that's what you need. What you don't need is more overtime. What you don't need is a raise. What you don't need is another job out of town. What you don't need is to get that cart before the horse. You need to put God first, and then he'll take care of you. I believe that with all my heart. And may I say, we don't need to neglect our witness for our Lord. A preacher in a large church in Missouri went to an advertising executive and said, we have set aside a certain amount of money, and we've got marketing dollars we want to spend, and we want you to tell us uh, the most effective way to market our church, television, radio, or newspaper. The executive paused for just a minute, looked at the preacher, and said, let me recommend to you to build a large single billboard on your property. The billboard, you need to put the billboard facing your parking lot so that your members will realize what you're in business for because you've got the largest sales group in this city. Just get your people sharing the gospel. What we don't need is more advertisement. What we need is a bunch of Christians that will seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. Someone said any man has religion is bound to do one of two things with it. He will either change it or spread it. He must give it up or give it out. What have you done with yours this year? Maybe I ought not have said that. Notice the outcome. Seek you first, I'm done. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things, now notice the little word that God put in there, shall. How many believe your Bible? I mean, you really believe your Bible. You know what? They cut down on the worry around your house. You just realize he's going to do something in your life. Amen? It all depends on our choices. You remember a fellow by the name of Lot? You remember a fellow by the name of Lot? You'll find him over in the book of Genesis. He's Abraham's nephew. God blessed Abraham and he blessed Lot. And it became strife between the herdsmen. You remember that? And Lot was given a choice by Uncle Abraham. And Lot says he lifted his eyes and looked at the well-watered plains and decided that would be a good place to raise cattle. He forgot it wouldn't be a good place to raise kids.
righteousness. All he saw was it's a good place to raise cattle. You know, the job. You know, mammon. You know, materialism. Good place to raise cows. I wonder if he'd had a change of heart and realized it was a bad place to raise kids. You know, when I think about choices, I think about a man by the name of Truett Cathy. You probably know him as the founder and CEO of Chick-fil-A. Over the years, he's become known by his faith in Jesus Christ and his stand for righteousness. He's been known by taking a stand that would not open his restaurants on Sunday, which costs him. Can you imagine all the places, all the Chick-fil-A's in America, how much revenue it must cost that businessman to close his doors on Sunday? Making a statement to everyone in America. What is your statement about Sunday? Several years ago, 1982, Chick-fil-A was about to go under because of the competition between the other fast food places. And so Mr. Cathy called board meeting of all the company executives and they met just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And the question was asked, why are we in business? Kathy said, we're in business to bring glory to God. And that from this day forward will be our corporate statement to glorify God and be a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us. Immediately, his sales increased 40%. In the days, the largest single-owned fast food restaurant in the world. All he did was Matthew 6, 33. 